0: following podcasts may contain some adult language you've been warned those of you who got an invite welcome to nerd prom
1: no matter where in the world you are we're all nerds international with the hyphen
2: Welcome to Finding the Narrative a Genesis RPG Podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system from Fantasy Flight Games. A show in which we, our hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both the players and the GM's perspective. I am Dody Fading, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts of Extraordinary Character, Stefan Dragonspawn, and Chris Holmes. There, how was, know, that was that know, for like a know. World dude. War II type bullet? <laughs>
0: that was there. awesome, dude! You could call me <laughs> S- Captain S- or Sky Captain, right? <laughs> Sky, Sky Sky Captain, Chris Sky Holmes. Captain, and the World of Tomorrow, dude. That's what they reminded me of. This is great, dude. I loved it. Hey,
2: yeah, I'm that's, doing... uh, so. We're doing a Tanhauser show, and I got Chris and Stefan here with me. That's Let's right. talk, guys.
0: SS Tanhauser, right? <laughs> <laughs> Setting spotlight Tanhauser. Um, that's it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm excited. Oh, and I do have to mention. Not only do I cook meat, apparently. Well, I can make pretty goddamn good apple pie. Holy shit, yeah. did that turn out that's yesterday. Delicious. I made my I made my daughter a birthday apple pie. And It was
2: beautiful. Yeah. It was fucking that's, great. I must say, it was very nice in our group text messaging to receive pictures of pie instead of meat. One for once.
0: Ooh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> yes. I did that one for you guys. So that's it. I'll make more pie. I'll will <laughs> I'll text the meat pics for Stefan and pie for the rest of you guys. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> How about you, Stefan? What's uh, up, buddy?
1: Nothing much. We voted today. It's uh, election day in Kanadis- Kanadistan. And, uh, so- New Providence? <laughs> yes. So we voted. went out uh, and said, I want this guy to screw me over because he's more gentle. Because I don't want the
2: other guy to screw me over. Yeah. But it would hit more. Voting yeah. is like picking which toilet brush to brush your teeth with.
1: Exactly. So-
0: oh,
2: wow. All
0: right. There <laughs> how, we go. <laughs> how about you, Tony? Have you recovered from Con and a Cob yet?
2: Uh, well, my whiskey veins are back full of blood. Um, so Darn. You yeah. have to fix
1: that. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> and going back to work definitely sucked, but I, I, I did it. I made it through the first week.
0: I know, it fucking sucks, man. Every time you go on vacation, you take a few days off, you come back, Mm -hmm. shit's broken, and Mm -hmm. everybody wants something. Man, that first week back was rough for me. Yeah. I'm still (laughs) recovering.
1: I was lucky I had a couple of days off before going to work, so I could take it easy. There you go. And relax and unpack my things, and Mm -hmm. slowly but surely, and then go to work going, where are my dice? What do you mean I have to sit here and talk to these people? Awesome. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. aren't we a bundles of joy?
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, we love being together and playing with each other. I mean playing together.
2: There we go. There we go. Good thing I was muted while I coughed. I was joking on that. <laughs> oh, gosh. So what yes. do we got for news there, Stefan? Stefan?
1: A few little things that I'm actually looking at right now. Uh, a few more things that have been added to the Foundry. A few uh, custom PC sheets for various settings. Uh, thanks to uh, contributor uh, DrainSmith. So stuff for Shadow of the Beanstalk, uh, Realms of Tirna, something strange. I think most of them are form fillable. So if you want, uh, you can do that. And
2: they do propagate um, the uh, dice. Symbols, yeah. the green and yellow dice symbols, so very So, nice. yeah,
1: so you don't have, especially good for beginners.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, that so, helped at the con when we had that stuff on there, too. So. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so uh, I've been doing that with my face-to-face group. Uh, I didn't have the markers or the, the signs I'm using, just markers, but I'm still at least writing down like we do in our show notes sometimes, like 3Y1G. Um, there you go. So that the guys know... Uh, what kind of dice for their skills. And uh, so that's out. And also on the Foundry is the Expanded Fear Guidelines, which is pretty cool. So it expands a little bit on the, uh, the basic rules in the Genesis Core book. Uh has uh, a chart for suggestions how to spend the advantage and threat and, uh, and so forth. It's just three pages long. Uh, but still, you know, a little bit more uh, details there. So it's available on drive-through for I think a dollar. Cool. And then it's uh, they now they announced that the GM screen for Genesis is on the boat, so it's on its way. Woohoo! So just hope that you know pirates don't hijack the boat. <laughs> Dude, don't jinx <think> it. So. <laughs> no, no.
2: I think Arr- the Genesis ar- stuff boogie. is. Actually, made in the States, so it doesn't yeah. actually travel on a boat, no. unlike oh. some of their other. So, let's hope. <laughs> yeah, let's hope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, stuff like that has games with pieces and plastic con- tokens and stuff. Maybe may made overseas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool.
2: Well, so listener feedback. Listener feedback. We've got, um, there were several, but uh, mainly I just wanted to pick. Uh, Pick one or two today, Uh, particularly. We got one from Joe Mitchell. Uh, Hi, Joe. He wrote to us. uh, He says, hey, guys, for me, uh, that was the best episode you've done in a while. Now, he's talking about our episode on uh, episode 41 where we had Keith Mm -hmm. Capel on. Um, He says, I'd actually put your podcast on the back burner, but having uh, foundry content producers brought your show back up to the top.
3: Yay! Awesome.
2: Um, the best part was getting a taste of their content in advantageous threats it's like 50 times 50 pieces of awesome what? more like that would be great thanks joe so that's so,
0: 2500 pieces of awesome oh,
2: yeah. that's well way more than that's i have great. in my
0: coffers i don't have that much either <laughs> no, no. we'd have to pull our resources so. <laughs> yeah we would
2: yeah thanks joe for that that's, yeah, and that's, good. We, that's pretty much been the vein of our um, all of our feedback coming from that show, that people really did enjoy it. And mm-hmm. Keith was a great guest. Yeah, he was, yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we disgu- as we discussed on our last episode, we're going to change up our show format. We're going to be doing more of those next year. Mm-hmm. Um, we're probably going to stick strictly to Foundry creators, I'm sorry to tell, our friend Michael Mikleshin.
3: <laughs> uh that
2: we're going to do uh, we're going to take care of those guys first um but uh, we will keep you on our long term list um mm-hmm. unless you decide to do something up on the foundry uh but uh he had requested that he come get to come on the show <laughs> and talk about the uh, community stuff that he has done which he's done a lot of cool stuff oh, yeah. but we don't want to take away from Chris's 50 pieces of awesome for the free stuff out there um that that people do, uh, Chris likes to f- likes to showcase those in Fifty Pieces of Awesome. We don't want to mm-hmm. ruin that, so yeah. um, so there is a reason. It's not just us picking on you, Michael, for your uh, refusing to pronounce your last name for us. Right. So,
0: <laughs> well, that was my vote. If he's not going to pronounce his name, no way is he coming
1: on the show. No, and <laughs>
0: it.
1: it has to be a unanimous vote, so you know. <laughs>
2: So that's that's Chris's fault. He's yeah. cock-blocking you.
3: So. What?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, yeah, and uh, if you uh, see us, another thing is we've got a couple of emails about this. If you see us, we've mentioned it in the past, but if you see mm-hmm. us on the brewery, uh, if you see us uh, doing our live plays and you see us playing on Fantasy Grounds and you're interested in the modules that have been done for that, uh, Jimmy Fett and Chris have done some great work on getting some of the 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 data input and uh, they'll gladly share those with you for free. Just email that uh, to
3: findingthennarrativepodcast@gmail.com
2: mm-hmm. uh, at attention Chris uh, and yeah. uh, he he'll uh, he'll make sure you get those uh, those modules. Mm-hmm. So yep, they work very
0: well. They're really cool. So yeah, pretty straightforward to do too. Mm-hmm. Though every yep. three months after I create something, I have to figure out how to do it again. <laughs> right, right, Tony? Like the other night, creating your Kung Fu Panda background. Like, how the hell yeah, you the, do
2: you do Oh, yeah. You know, how. It took you 12 <laughs> minutes after you had remembered how to do it. It took you 15 <laughs> minutes to remember <laughs> and 12 minutes to get it done. Right. It was, that's right. So and it looks beautiful.
0: It looks yeah, I mean, beautiful. I'm looking forward yeah. to playing in that game.
2: Mm-hmm. I have it up right now because I was working on the pre-gens. <laughs> we started. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, that's it for our listener feedback.
0: Cool. All right. So, speaking of awesome, shall we get to our uh, our next part of the show?
2: Yes, we shall. Welcome to 50 Pieces of Awesome. This is where our uh, resident finder of all things, Chris, goes out onto the interwebs and seeks out coolness in all its forms and uh, shows us something Genesis-y that is
3: sweet.
2: What you got, buddy?
0: I have... Okay, so as you guys know, I might have mentioned it on the show too, I've been doing wargaming with my buddy Keith at Fantasy Flight Games during our work days but um (laughs) so i found this neat warfare rules supplement created by jim jam jahar it's eight pages long it's called arming armies and it is eight pieces of eight pages of awesome very (laughs) a lot of potential here I think um, this is fantasy. So he has like this theme that it's fantasy themed. He was inspired by you know the realms of Tirnath, the Middle Earth settings, Westeros, all of that stuff um, inspired him to do this. And basically, what it comes down to is he's created stat blocks for units, army units. Like for instance, there's like these peasant levies on page two. Here that have like, um, what do you call it? Like a six or eight, eight, um, what is that? Moral, morale damage threshold, and he's got a casualty threshold of ten. So, once they take ten casualties, quote unquote damage, um, you'll need to make like a morale check to, to, um, you know, make it so that these guys don't break. And start running away, and this really harkens back for me playing these war games with the little, with the little cardboard chips. I know all you old 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 gamer grognards out there are like, oh yeah, I remember those, like Advanced Squad Leader. It really pulls in that stuff, and I think there's a lot of a lot of potential here. Pretty cool. Yeah, well, definitely. yeah and
2: I like I like his take on uh, our like um, what's it? What's a mass combat? It it yeah. interesting. I like it.
0: It is. I mean, it really is. And he has an ancient dragon here. Yeah, it's one, it's one like enemy that has like, like 35, quote unquote, you know, casualty threshold, but you could throw a whole bunch of units going after this dragon, maybe led by your player, um, maybe by one of your characters or something. So yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of potential here there's things like maneuvers where you can get in a tight formation which gives that unit a melee defensive one or or um but ranged attacks get a boost die against them because they're in a tight formation um that's that easier to hit yeah yeah easier to hit <clears throat> and i've just, and i've been watching gettysburg the four and a half hour <laughs> version of gettysburg so i'm like oh man that's All it already. and then there's a the critical injuries um you know things like broken formation you know if the if the unit takes a critical injury there's a different table for that where the unit is broken the unit must use a maneuver to gather itself before it's able to attack again um just little things like that that really gives it a feel um of like you're playing kind of a war game but in genesis
3: well
1: that's it because you know there's things like that that are beyond just minion groups you know we have Lots and lots of soldiers. Well, they have to. You, know, you see that in in war movies where you know yeah. some soldiers will break ranks, like no, and then the whole unit falls apart, or some tighten up ranks. Uh, I was actually watching earlier Rome TV series. I've been trying to, to get into it. Like, and the, f- the beginning starts with the guys all in formation, mm. and the commander with the whistle. Just and they know when he's blowing the whistle, they change up so that they're not tired. Fresh troops move to the front.
3: All back.
1: One guy in the back holding the harness. Of the soldier in front, so he's stable. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I've, just... I've got
0: to watch that show. I think that's on my list. Yeah, he also does cool. things like here's here's a, so, and then he does the last little bit is sieges and fortifications. So if you have your units in say a stronghold, that unit <laughs> has a armor rating now of one uh-huh. or such. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's kind of kind of cool like i said a lot of different uh, a lot of potential
2: here i like yeah. the uh Season i bounce. like the siege weapons that yeah. was that was really nice siege weapons
1: mm-hmm. that, yep. Yep. definitely and some new talents here just to oh yeah. say round out your your field commander terrain master for example leading an army uh units under your your command may ignore the effects of difficult terrain that would be pretty cool yeah. Battle Plans is the one I kind of
0: called out. It's pretty cool. Once per session, when you're leading an army, a unit under your character's command, if they suffer a critical casualty, you can roll twice and choose which result to keep. And I don't know if I've seen that where you have a talent that allows you to re roll twice on a critical injury table or whatever and pick the better of the result. I know you're able to
1: reduce a critical.
0: Have you guys seen any? yeah like no, I have
2: seen something similar in some of the newer similar.
1: products no? oh, okay I haven't cool. seen it myself I, I know like like the dwarves or uh some the, the laborer has a talent to reduce any critical down to a zero one
0: mm-hmm. right, right, but
1: right. that just reduces it to zero one it doesn't have to reroll or
0: something I can't right.
2: remember which one of the pre products cool. has it but one of the, the products. twice
0: yeah that's kind of yeah. that's kind of cool kind of cool yep but um Definitely. Some, yeah so well done well done on this. Yes, and it kind of keeps with our theme of talking
1: about Tannhauser. So here we go. Yeah. So that'll be pretty good. So there you go, so Jim Jam Jahar, uh, we award you your fifty pieces of awesome. Yeah! Shling, shling 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 There you go.
2: <laughs> All stacked neatly in a row.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> cool. <laughs>
0: sir uh, i think i might have got that tony we'll see <laughs> sir if yes is, sir, I'm ready, leave, sir i'm gonna leave all this in here <laughs> um well welcome everybody to the books of genesis Uh-huh-huh. Uh-huh-huh, sir <laughs> good that was pretty good stuff i like it okay so open up your core rule book to page 158 um it's already open sir war. sir <laughs> cool all right, so um, yeah, we're talking. We're going to talk about um, the weird war settings, like your um, alternative history settings, and talk about the tropes, the gear. You know, we're going to go through this setting here, and then we're gonna then we'll talk about the um, specifically in our setting and tone section, the Tanhauser setting, the fluff behind that. So, tropes. What are we talking here, guys? I already mentioned the first one of one of them for the tropes for weird wars. Right. Yeah.
1: Weird wars is one of them. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Well,
2: Uh, yeah. Go ahead. The first trope is alternate history. So you want, uh, when you're doing a weird war setting, whether it's Rome, whether it's the Napoleon's army, uh, attacking Egypt, Mm
3: -hmm. whether it's
2: the, uh, Spanish invading, uh, uh, Mexico, whether it's Nazis, it does not matter. You're gonna take what actually happened, and you're gonna twist it.
0: That's right. That's right. I and mean, if you if anybody's seen the show Man in a High Castle on yeah. um, on Amazon Prime, that's a perfect that that's a perfect example about that where the Nazis in Japan w- won World War II, and that shows about the fallout after that. That's an example. There's plenty of books out there for this, too.
2: And yeah, and it, it's basically that thought here's what actually happened. What if?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then you answer that question What if the Nazis had won the war? What if mm-hmm. the Americans never left Vietnam? Mm-hmm. So on and so forth. Um, you're, that's really what alternate history is it's just that yep. what if question. Yeah, I actually
0: watched great. the first. I actually watched the first episode of The Watchmen last night on um, HBO, and Vietnam is a state.
2: That is a great. <laughs> I mean, example of an alternate history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, yep. I had uh,
1: collected some of the uh, source books for another role playing system, GURPS, and they yeah. had two books of alternate Earths really? settings, and one of them they had you know. A couple of scenarios of the Third Reich either winning or partially winning, partially mm-hmm. losing, whatever. But And then there were some where it's other parts of history which are turned on its head. What if Tesla was right and his electricity was used widely in the United States? And you have a bit of that mm-hmm. sky captain technology in the 50s. Yeah, you know, man. So you do have flying cars. and Instead of wires, electricity is... Transmitted over yeah. the air. Yeah, uh, you I studied that weird scientists or per, what? Are the Persian Empire I gained think, a foothold and you no know, nope. colonies in space?
3: Uh,
1: was, they had a, a good variety of yeah. The Persian Empire was you know never fell and kept going as a powerhouse and became a huge economic powerhouse and their technology you know advanced and they were able to sort of, sort of start colonizing. Uh, solar system and the map of the world map was upside down basically because the Persians believe that south is up <laughs> because, because they part of like the Nile. The Nile flows downwards basically, <laughs> mm. not up.
2: <laughs> gotcha. mm-hmm. well, that's cool. Yeah, I I remember um, another source for this would be of the, when the PlayStation 3 first came out and it came with a uh, it came with a game. It was called Resistance: Fall of Man, uh, and that is what if an alien evasion occurred during World War II, mm. and and that like it goes into now everybody's in trench warfare with aliens, oh, and, wow. and 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 it's real, real. It's got a lot of good lore and and um, cool stuff behind it too. So
0: nice. that's cool. There was a um, do I dare mention a Savage World setting? called mm-hmm. Day After Ragnarok. That was freaking cool. I ran a short, a short campaign. Basically, the premise behind that is the Nazis, the occults, um, Nazi occult, occult raised the Midgard Serpent. And oh, instead of yeah. us bombing, instead of U.S. bombing uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, we bombed the Midgard Serpent, blew it up, ended the war, but it pretty much destroyed the United States because of the, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, poison fallout from it. But it was fairly brilliant because the blood of the Midgard Serpent created, quote-unquote, magic in the world. So, and you could use however you want to do it, right? So that's pretty
1: cool. Yeah, yeah. there's a few settings from that rule system that
3: mm-hmm.
1: are alternate history, you know, that yeah. some of us know. So you've probably heard of Deadlands, uh, Rome. There's yeah. one about Rome where they're fighting uh, supernatural stuff.
2: Sweet. So. And that takes us on to the second trope. Yeah. The mm-hmm. second common trope for uh, Weird War settings, which is Stefan.
1: The occult.
0: Ooh. Oh, I thought you said I thought you said <laughs> Stefan would is another trope. <laughs> he is kind of an alternate <laughs>
1: <laughs> An alternate brother kind of sibling.
2: <laughs> yeah, the occult yes
1: uh, often yes paranormal stuff is part of the, uh, the weird wars kind of uh, setting so whether, whether it's you know, like the undead or werewolves uh, vampires part of the enemy troops uh, or even which reminds me of it was a short Netflix series that uh, one of the movies one of the ones was a unit like in Afghanistan uh, they're trying to, you know, do mind sweeping and uh, peacekeeping there. And two of the, two of the soldiers are actually werewolves. Oh yeah. Was that in the robots?
0: Yeah. Love death and robots. Love death and
1: robots. Yeah. Yeah. Love death and robots. So two of them are, uh, yeah, are, are are werewolves. And they discover that there are a few other, you know, maybe terrorist kind of uh, werewolves that face off against each other as well. So, a little bit of supernatural there in modern times, but doesn't have to be uh, doesn't have to be Victorian times. It can be uh, you can put in modern as well. Mm-hmm. But yes, usually it's side by side with you know, regular science.
0: I, I like this. I like this second sentence under the occult. It says, "Oh, and there is no shortage of real life historical occult shenanigans." Yes. I've never really thought of the cult being shenanigans, but that's kind of a neat little little way to describe it, I think.
1: Well, yeah. at least, you know, there's, yeah. there's always stories about, yeah, you know, Hitler uh, trying to, uh, to use the occult to improve his forces. So, oh, yeah, right. that would be like. <laughs>
2: yeah, if it weren't for that particular oh, trope, we right. wouldn't mm-hmm. have Indiana Jones movies.
3: Exactly. Nope.
0: <laughs> exactly. Now, here's an image. Okay, everybody, close your eyes. Imagine. You're on. You're overlooking a battlefield, and you see regiments of Minotaurs charging an MK1 tank with prototype (laughs) Panzerfausts.
2: What a (laughs) freaking awesome idea! (laughs) They're just super soldiers. Come on,
1: (laughs) whatever. (laughs) They're just they're just yelling out, "Move over!" Yeah. (laughs) And speaking of, oh, go ahead.
2: But yeah, that's. I mean, that's exactly. However much you want to put into your. It can be as serious as you want it to be, or it can be mm-hmm. as fantastical as you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know for me, uh, one of the prerequisites for any kind of Nazi-type uh, experimental program is got to be the, the zombies and werewolves and vampires and Frankenstein-type stuff, mm-hmm. because that stuff is so embedded in our culture, for one. Number two, mm-hmm. I always have this image. When I think about Nazi troops, so the, one of the, my favorite online video games that I ever played, uh, uh, City of Heroes, the very first time, i am it's late at night, I'm sitting up playing this game, and for the very first time, my first playthrough, you run across this group of Nazis,
3: <laughs>
2: and in the middle of a fight, one of them just shapeshifts into a freaking werewolf. <laughs> Freaked me the hell out, because I was not expecting it, and I did not know that this was, you know, his very first playthrough, way mm -hmm. back when I first started, and I was like, you know, just enjoying myself. But I was like,
3: that's so cool!
2: And that just, it just, yeah, that that for me. Cranking it up to 11. Werewolf (laughs) Nazis.
0: And if you could, if you could potentially hide something like that from your players... It's like, hey, yep. guys, yeah, let's do kind of this soldier, you know, this maybe military-themed campaign, and all of a sudden, first time, whoosh, you throw that at him, hopefully you'll get that reaction at your table that Tony had during
2: that video game. That'd be great. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just start playing a regular. That is a great way to do it. Start playing mm-hmm. a regular World War whatever, or we're going to play soldiers like. in the Vietnam era, mm-hmm. or we're going to play whatever. Or cowboys. And then. <laughs> slowly introduce those elements and choose those moments to just <laughs> dial it up to 11. Oh and, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So so speaking of that that prototype, Penzerfost, the next trope is actually mad science, which goes hand in hand with the occult, right? Because you're doing uh-huh. all these research into advanced, fantastic technologies and whatnot. And what did we talk about? The last one, we were talking about the S- the steampunk technology where it really doesn't need to make sense. Yeah, no, same thing no, here. As long as they're bigger on a larger scale, the doomsday devices that oh, the world killer the doomsday devices. Those the are the death things. ray. Yeah. yeah, the death <laughs> rays. Is, oh yeah. Um, what does it say? A Napoleonic war setting with flying machines and primitive, primitive, internal combustion engines. That's
1: cool. All that's it. Yep. Yeah.
3: Or so. a.
2: Say, I don't know, a Korean War game where you're one of the guys has figured out how to genetically engineer dinosaurs, and your freaking Korean soldiers are riding into battle on velociraptors.
1: There we go. Just saying. (laughs) Just saying. Sounds
0: like that's a first hand experience there, Tony. (laughs)
2: Uh, No, but I had the idea. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Nice. TM.
0: Yeah, well, that reminds me of trademark. That's right.
1: (laughs) Korean soldiers on dinosaurs. There we go. Trademark that. That that reminds me of someone actually made uh, a fan. Cowboys and dinosaurs. Dinosaurs and cowboys for Genesis.
2: Yeah,
1: they. Recently. That's
2: essentially an alternate yeah. history. Yeah. Alternate
1: history, so oh,
2: yeah.
1: dinosaurs still exist. Mm-hmm. Why not?
2: During the war oh. for the West, so it's yeah. even a weird war there setting you technically. Yeah. So I got think...
1: Native Americans as well writing, mm-hmm. you know, Brontosaurus, their whole villages. Okay, yeah. we're moving. <laughs> yeah, I think we did I think we showcased a,
0: that on um, the fifty pieces of awesome at one point. Did. That was awesome.
2: Yeah, another example.
0: Yep. And speaking of which, that kind of goes into our last one there, Tony. You want to take that one, our last trope?
2: Sure. Our last trope is the monstrous regiments. Paranormal, monstrous, or superhuman soldiers are another popular theme. Like I I had already mentioned, the walking dead, werewolves, demons, angels, something inhuman. Always got to have something that is monstrous in some way, Uh, either whether conjured through black magic or through mad science. It doesn't matter. Um, these creatures should be special forces, commandos, shock troops, uh, infiltrators, saboteurs, things like that in your war settings.
1: Yeah. You know? so, and I, I, I had a, a series of books I read when I was hop- just hoping to mention that here. Uh, a series of novels called The Téméraire Chronicles, uh, written by Naomi Novak. So basically, it's Napoleonic Era. Napoleon's still there. they're fight- he's fighting against England and other forces to expand the French Empire. Uh-huh. But in this world, dragons actually do exist.
0: Oh, There are you different told types about that before. Yeah. Yeah. there
1: are different types of dragon sizes and different nations view dragons different different ways. Oh, the cool. French and English are fighting each other savagely. You know, like England's the only country that hasn't been invaded by Napoleon yet. And they use basically dragons, you know, smaller dragons as messengers, uh, almost like fighter planes. Some of the huge dragons are almost like fighter bombers. So they'll have multiple soldiers in special harnesses with bombs and special rifles. And each dragon is kind of bonded to one human to be able to kind of to control them. But then the characters travel the world and, you know, one dragon called Temeraire. They discover that he's originally from China. Mm-hmm. They go there. In China, dragons are revered. They're part of society. They have jobs, basically. They can have property and rights and so forth, whereas in Europe, they're almost treated as property, practically. Sentient property. In Africa, the dragons are very, very different as well. They're, they're almost like kings. They ha- they adopt tribes. Of, this is my tribe of humans. They're mine. You know? <laughs> oh, cool. <clears throat> and then if they conquer another dragon, well, your tribe now is part of mine and it's almost their their treasure hordes. Like, my tribe is bigger, so I am more important. <laughs> I'm bigger.
3: Nice.
1: So when are
0: you
3: going <laughs> to run it, neither-
1: Stefan? When are you going to run it? First? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yet, but it's, it was interesting. The, the only reason I didn't follow up through at one point is like, the story kept trudging through just making us tour the whole world to just show us how the dragons are. But, you know, uh, just like, <laughs> it wasn't advancing as much I, I thought I'd have to read it up again but the beginnings the first three or four books are pretty awesome <laughs>
0: cool <laughs>
1: but that would be an, another good example of a weird wars there's no paranormal there, but the dragons do have some abilities you know oh, yeah. some have breath weapons and so forth but mm-hmm. it's, That's you super could say fantastical. it's like a low, yeah yeah super fantastic but with low technology you know gunpowder mm-hmm. is still around but no magic or no paranormal just dragons are around they exist that's like part of the ecology (laughs) cool
3: I'll
2: posit one to you the series of movies that revolves around the Caribbean trade war which involved pirates Mm -hmm. and it it takes on a fantastical and occult nature when you have say oh I don't know the pirates of the black pearl (laughs) who get cursed that's Uh right pirates of the Caribbean (laughs) Is yeah. a
0: weird war setting. It is. Yeah, yeah. Nice One yep. Tony, I did not even think about
1: that. You're well, right. It's true. That's what they put a twist on that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you think it's just uh pirates on the high seas with the British, you know, in the background, right. but no. It's
2: like, oh oh, no no. Wait no, a minute, no. these
1: guys are dead. That's right. <laughs> yeah.
2: and, and there's all kinds of fantastical devices. There's mm-hmm. occ- oh. there's all kinds of occult leanings in that and hmm. you know it's it's essentially a weird war setting. Yeah.
1: Yep.
0: I'll yeah.
2: pause it.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> that,
2: that's that's
1: Definitely part of that category. Definitely. Mm-hmm.
2: But we're focusing on Weird War two, I think, in this section as we move in to, to say gear. yeah, the gear and the because it, it goes into Tannhauser, which we'll read on that. But yep. the gear The uh, armor, the equipment, and the adversaries are geared towards, but -hmm. we'll talk about ways to skin those for for some others. Mm -hmm. So let's go into the gear. Let's start with the weapons.
0: Well, hang on a second. Before we go into the gear real quick, let me mention the sidebar here about the character options, because they don't list character options in this, because basically everybody plays a human. However, I love the idea here where if you kind of want to play one of the werewolves or if you want to create a resurrected soldier... You could play either a mongrel or a revenant from the other. Um, I think that was from the steampunk. steampunk. Yeah, the steampunk setting. Yeah. So,
1: a resurrected person.
0: Yeah, there you go.
1: Basically, a Frankenstein kind of creature.
0: Exactly, <laughs> or one of those um, zombie Nazi zombies. Nazi zombies mm-hmm.
1: that go good. That's it. You know, we'll do
0: scimitars we? and has a panther. Oh, wait a yeah. second. That's another.
1: No, that's another Very thing. No. <laughs> but wasn't there a movie? was there also a World War II movie that threw in some supernatural? I forget the name of it. You oh, guys yeah, also okay, saw it, I think.
0: Oh yeah, dude. Um, that would they, be. Um, over- what was that? Sp- Overlord. Small.
1: No. Overlord. Yeah, Project Overlord, Overlord or just Overlord. There we go. So yeah. That would be a good example. So mm-hmm. Making the Nazis making super soldiers with right weird science. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> All right, Tony. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. Oh,
2: yes, derail you did. Guns. Yeah, yes. yeah, you're right. I
0: did. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we're getting into the gear, and yep. we first thing they bring up is these, uh, the guns because mm. you got <laughs> oh, guns. Yes, got it. Uh, uh, so we've got these. I like them because they're kind of cool. The Dew pistol and rifle. Mm-hmm. So. They're basically direct energy weapon. That's what DEW stands for. Um, so rather than solid projectiles, they just—they're an energy weapon. There's no, ooh, it's a laser or ooh, it's a plasma or it's an electricity. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just a direct energy weapon. It's just direct oh. energy. Yep. <laughs> and uh, what I like about them is they're simple, they're cheap, and all they have is burn. That's it's it. Strange. They just do damage and more damage.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just burn the hell out of you.
1: Yeah. They set shit on fire. That's it. The enemies. But you can but but I would suggest, you know, have the GM really have fun when there's a despair funny comes up on that mm-hmm. on that pistol. It's not just no no no. You run out of ammo? No, no, that's not just what happens. <laughs> you no, run out it of ammo spectacularly. Yeah, you run out of ammo <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: spectacularly. <laughs> exactly
3: Whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 what just happened why do I have no hair
1: uh, alright <laughs> gun starts making weird noise, weird noise. <laughs> well, that's not supposed to happen
2: <laughs> you got something you like there Stefan
1: uh, I liked a little bit all of them they're pretty, all pretty cool the flash guns as well in both machine gun fa- fashion and, uh, and hand pistol or rifle um just slash guns are just you know they say a c- collection of different types of weapons whether it's machine guns or rifles uh some machine guns mm-hmm. with this special material called in this in this setting let's say ilirium irid- Le- ah, sorry ilirium batteries so giving you know extra extra oomph for your buck uh, like super ammo for your gun, so they they actually de- disorient and pierce nice. your uh, opponent's uh, protection. Mm-hmm.
2: Very nice. But
1: so, so what they sacrifice sometimes in power compared to a dew pistol or a rifle, they make up for it in uh, in piercing and lots of ammo being uh, being shot at. Some of them, like the flash gun, even flash machine gun. Of course, you have auto fire that you can you can get. Oh, <laughs> <next>. Always, always, <laughs> always go for the mm-hmm. yeah, auto fire. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I like.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Tony, don't I'll throw you the the razor whip. <laughs> the <laughs> razor whip, man. I'll tell you, dude. My um, my Indiana Jones character will definitely have a razor whip. Yeah, because <laughs> that looks pretty nasty. It does some pierce damage because it's basically the what is it, it's a flexible braided alloy with razor sharp braids. Blades, mm-hmm. I mean, in there, so piercing you ensnare. oh yeah, that's cool. Yep. And you can, yeah. and you know, you can kind of be a chicken shit range, halfway between chicken shit range and right up in somebody's face, so, mm-hmm. so that'd be short range.
1: Yeah, but you just know. make sure you're you're pretty skilled with it. You know, you're agile enough to use it. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Oh, you will, be. yeah, because it's unwieldy
0: three. You gotta have an gotta have a, an agility of three to not get a penalty on it. So
1: right. Yeah, those so are nasty. nasty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and of yeah.
0: course, I mean, the electric truncheon is just cool. Like a freaking shovel that is you could just
1: slam somebody with and just
0: <laughs> electrocute them.
1: <laughs> that's it. So you don't have any silver? Yeah, I electrocute the werewolf. <laughs> I keep
2: him busy. <laughs> tase him to sleep. Tase him to sleep.
3: That's
1: it. I said <laughs> down, Fido.
2: <laughs> Bad boy. Don't, don't Bad tase
1: boy. me,
0: bro. Don't tase me.
1: <laughs> not what you said last night. Mm-hmm. Oops. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa.
2: So yeah, there's war. <laughs> there's not a lot of weapons. There's just a few. And the the Media launcher is the only one we really didn't mention. Yeah. And and that's yeah. It's, it's like it's a, a, it's a big gun that explodes. Right? It's a I mean, yeah, yeah, your standard big gun.
0: I mean, but you could pull um, in the modern day weapons too, like your normal, you know. Pistols and weapon, you know, machine guns that, you know, your slug throwers, so to speak. Yeah, yeah.
1: Right? Like yeah. s- steampunk. Right
0: on. You know? I mean, chainsaws, too. Got to cut the zombies <laughs> in half somehow. But you always need a trusty frickin' crowbar.
1: <laughs>
0: weapon of choice, man, in a, in a zombie apocalypse. One of those
1: chain, one of those chain axes. <laughs> yeah, that, too. <laughs>
2: uh, weapon of choice in zombie apocalypse is a machete. There you uh, go. My whole family has one. Okay. It's a, it's once you're inducted in the family, you get a family machete.
0: Okay, so 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 okay. So I'm going to take us on a little tangent. Why yeah. the machete? I'll give you my reason for the crowbar. Why, why the machete for you?
2: Well, because you can cut the heads off the zombies. That's the important part. Okay. And it's a, and it's a simple, easy weapon to wield. Yep. And it's usable for trimming back the weeds that are eventually going to grow up.
0: There you go. <laughs> That's good. That's pretty cool. I like I like the crowbar because same thing, nice sharpie pointy end. Now I'm talking about the crowbar that is kind of like the L-shaped crowbar. That's a basically a piece of rebar, right? And a tire iron. Fucking thing won't break. <laughs> it's not gonna bend. You can kill zombies with it. It won't run out of ammo, for one. Very
2: difficult right? to store, though.
0: No, no. On not your person? So, no, not so much. But I can open shit with it. I mean, uh, <laughs> you're going to you bu- you're, you're, you're f- going to bend that machete blade, but man, I could open shit with my damn crowbar. Anyways, so.
1: especially especially when you want to escape the uh, the horde of zombies. That's
0: right. <laughs> Anyways, so I digress Let's get into
2: the armor.
1: Uh, yeah. All right, armor. <laughs> mm. Good stuff. What do we have for armor. armor? What do you have? Uh, I I mentioned the Illyrium uh ammo. Well, mm-hmm. Some uh, other scientists managed to figure out a uh, way to Make this Illyrium into a vest. Good. So basically it's the power source for a portable force field, basically. Nice. I so like the battery this. powers a, the Union flash gun. Well this reinforced vest not only can absorb bullets, but can temporarily be energized to create a force field. So you know go once per encounter was an incendel, just activate the force field and you gain a ranged defensive Two, until the end of your next turn. Not very long, but and me- melee defense too. Both melee and range. melee, yes, and range. So melee two for both. Mm-hmm. So nice when you school. when you see that that big nasty you know reanimated corpse wielding that huge machete at your head, it's like no.
0: That's right. <laughs> when Tony told us this was just going to be a military campaign. And all yeah. of a sudden, <laughs>
1: D Day my ass.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what else do we have, Tony? Yeah. The
2: something- other piece of armor is a Tesla coil. <laughs> That's right. The matriarch or pioneer Tesla coils. Personal force fields. That's so cool.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Freaking belt buckle, man.
2: I just picture traveling up and down somebody's yeah. body, just electrical field. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: It doesn't that's soak awesome. any damage, but it does give you a defensive two, which is great. You if go. you hey, why would you want to soak damage if you don't get hit, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's Always a chance neat. to avoid being hit altogether. So let me see. So razor whip, Tesla coil, belt buckle. All right, <laughs> I'm getting there. All right, we're, we're, yep. we're gearing out.
1: <laughs> yeah, then they've got some regular gear. Some of it, you know, the first aid mm-hmm. kit, always useful to patch up your your buddies. It's uh, usable night-
2: in any of the modern settings. Um,
1: Absolutely. Very yep. Yep. easy. Night eye goggles. That can be almost ubiqui- ubiquitous, whether they're high technology or just alien or yeah. using the ether uh, <laughs> to, to, to pierce <laughs> the darkness. Right. Um, mm-hmm. What I like is that they also give you some like mystical gear. Uh, uh, yeah. Some Some of it can be Part of your the enemy's stuff, like the unholy tome, mm-hmm. because they're summoning uh, a nasty little devil with a big stone hand uh, <laughs> to bring about well. the end of the world. So this could be a, a tome that uh, for an occult ritual. And That's of weird. course, your your own soldier might have a warding icon, which might help you protect against the occult oh, you know, yeah. when you wear it. or wear, wear it on you. Uh, it says here uh, any supernatural or occult creature engaged with you is disoriented while they remain in the engaged range. That's so cool. The holy power protecting you whatever it is you know uh, voodoo, <laughs> church magic you know like them
3: right,
2: <laughs> so so totally you could totally do specific items for specific creatures Oh yes. And you could dial that, you know, dial that down a little bit. And so, yeah, okay, you've got garlic, but that don't stop werewolves, you know, or whatever. But mm -mm. you can, uh, yeah, you could. You can you can be picky and choosy with the warding icons. And, well, and,
1: this this ward is only against mummies. You know? Right? Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> if you want one that's blanket against all supernatural creatures, have it more expensive and rare, like the one here. Yeah. If you want one that's uh, more dialed down to specific creatures, make mm-hmm. it a little easier to get and maybe not so expensive.
1: Well, it's going to be easier to prepare. Whereas something again, it kind of inspired by a uh, uh, Hellboy, mm-hmm. uh, one of the first movies. Uh, when Abe goes into the water, he's given like this reliquary, protects against evil. You know, but that's mm-hmm. it has a finger bone of a saint. So it's not something that's nice. found everywhere. So. No. <laughs> right, uh, <laughs> but when he loses, it's like, oh crap, I'm done for now.
0: <laughs> okay, so let's see. So I'm gonna have us so all have a
1: dew pistol,
0: a razor whip, <laughs> Tesla coil belt buckle, and a frickin' warding icon that. Will also allow me to find the Ark of the Covenant if I <laughs> find the right map room, right? <laughs>
2: well, that i you're going to have to fight some Nazis. <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. Some very
1: furry, furry Nazis. <laughs> mm-hmm. And speaking of
0: Nazis, I think I know where Tony was going with this. That maybe we start talking about these setting-specific adversaries now. It's indeed where I was segueing into. See, I'm telling you, right on the same page, definitely. Mm-hmm. I'll take this first one, then. This is gotcha. your basic infantry soldier. Twos across the board. Soka three, your minions, you know, it's a wound of five. They could shoot a ranged weapon. They can hit you with melee, and they're fairly disciplined, right? Um, they got their rifles and bayonet.
2: listed in their lock, You got the rifle and bayonet, yep.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um yeah. Oh, which I which I like the bayonet thing. It's cool. It's attached if it's at, attached to the end of the rifle. You get defense one. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And an armored vest with plus one soak.
3: Sweet.
2: Simple. Yeah, man. Great minion.
0: And you could reskin these however you want to.
2: Uh, right? yeah. I mean, you can skin them a hundred times over. They're absolutely. very easy mm-hmm. infantry for anything. Pretty well, much, said, right you're, there.
1: Your basic stormtroopers, your basic infantry, and in, you know, grunts in Vietnam, whatever. Yep, <laughs> that's right. All right. What's well, next, Stefan? Stefan says there's the occult commando. Are you can start talking in <laughs> the third person. Stefan says. Yeah. <laughs> Stefan says there's the occult commando. Yes, that's what okay, and he says. says. Yes. <laughs> and this can be their rivals. They can be a bit tougher than your infantry minions because they could be zombies from the grave uh, soldiers from the Confederation that's you know rising up to fight uh, <laughs> modern day soldiers now mm-hmm. or suits of armor that are ma- in magically enhanced uh, sweet super soldiers you know with s- powerful serum or whatever werewolves uh, or, or at least maybe not werewolves but at the very least you know part animal-enhanced uh, uh, <laughs> soldiers. Cool. You know, Partly uh, boosted by demons. So they'll have, of course, brawl, probably because they have uh, natural weapons, maybe. Yeah. Uh, some basic skills. And they're a little tougher, so adversary one. So they are uh, a bit of a more important threat. But since they're enhanced, they also have a weakness, usually. Whether it's holy water, uh, silver bullets, uh, depending on the spirit uh, inhabiting them or how they were created. So if you, if you know their weakness, you know whether it's uh, garlic-enhanced uh, uh, bullets, they, uh, they'll suffer maybe more damage uh, from it or in, enhance their crit rating. Right, against
0: yeah. It. yeah. So the crit would be a one against these things. If That's you're it. using the right, what do you call it? The right, the um,
1: right so kind of weapon or implement. implement. Yes. Okay. So, if you're using a, you know, Excalibur to against a a powerful uh, undead vampire, like yeah, that might be be more more potent than you know just your regular lead bullets.
0: <laughs> you know, this is an interesting.
1: This unholy
0: animation is an interesting way to spend a despair. I like it. When it's hit by a combat check and they roll it, you can spend the despair to ignore all damage from the attack.
1: Right. That's cool. So yes, yeah, so even though you attacked them, if you roll the despair, it's just no <laughs> the unholy magic that uh, raises them so it, you know, dissipates it. That's right. Not today.
3: <laughs> and they
1: can have of course better equipment than your, your minions. They have like a room covered pistol. So maybe enhanced for better range and accuracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, better knife, uh, combat armor, and you know, even tough hide or or uh, armor on their skin actually, curiously tough
0: end. skin. <laughs> mm-hmm,
1: that's what they say.
0: It's almost like a curiously curiously powerful breathment.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, and so the commando. What's our, cool. What's our last one there, Tony?
2: So like the nemesis. Okay. Listed the arcane scientist. Mm-hmm. So this is a profile that covers like your uh, occult researcher or uh, someone who's doing medical experimentation with uh, and using arcane abilities. Uh, if you want, you can change out the medicine for mechanics so that you got a mad scientist <laughs> uh, who creates uh, death rays and walking tanks and so on. Weed. Um, so this guy's not brawny. He's got a brawn of brawny no. one uh mm-hmm. so is soap one because he's no oh, this is what the minions are for you send them in exactly <laughs> um but he's got that big brain and that's what you're afraid of he's got the four intellect so uh uh and again a much uh, again when it when you're dealing with a like a caster or with a uh uh arch nemesis type guy like this who's the brains he's way up there on the strain threshold with 18, Mm -hmm. and the wound threshold's meh, 14. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, his skills um, fit his suit, so, you know, he's social skills and medicine. Adversary 2, because he's that big nemesis. Mm -hmm. Um, Scathing tirade, because he needs to use his uh, social checks in combat against the troops. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, so like no other real special talents there but his abilities oh my god this is great uh, yeah. Rise my minions yes. uh, <laughs> once per session you may make a hard mechanics or medicine check depending on type of minions the arcane scientist has for each uncanceled success one incapacitated minion within medium range heals all wounds and rejoins the encounter um, there we go. And may In <laughs> the current round. So it's just, you
3: know,
2: <sighs> here he is. Just, oh, you know what? Zombies, 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 yeah. zombies. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: That could be one of your old shit moments there, Tony, right? In your game, oh, they're not turning into, they're not turning, in, they're not going to turn into in werewolves or zombies. They're down. Uh, yeah. So, wait a second. So
2: here's a scenario for you sure. you've got your infantry troops, and it's just, you said, these, your your troops, your mission is you're to guard this radio room. And the enemy is just sending soldier after, soldier after soldier after soldier at you, minion group after minion group. Five, six, seven rounds of combat. Your players have decimated all these minions. There's corpses laying anywhere. Everywhere. And this guy walks in. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: exactly. Hello. Well, then either, either he speaks the final words of his arcane ritual and just they all get up or he just he's got this belt with projects all this our uh, weird science energy and just infuses the bodies and they reanimate right.
2: <laughs> right that would reanimate him the first time you want some sort of narrative you know but then you use his ability yeah. after a few of them get cut down and you really yeah. like just drive that home. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah
1: my minions <laughs>
2: So this and guy's it, outfitted with a dew pistol, like Chris, a lab coat and goggles, because Doctor yeah. Horrible he is.
1: Yeah. Oh, he sure <laughs>
0: is. He's got, yeah, got you got to give your bad guy goggles. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: what you got to do. So never yeah. on his eyes, always on his head.
2: Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Simple. Mm-hmm. The you know the the adversaries there very short and cut and dry, but you can totally create a bunch of things from just those three little entries.
1: Yep. oh yeah yep, just okay. a basic idea uh, starting point so excellent all Hold right on.
2: are we ready to
0: um we ready to set the tone now guys I
2: uh-huh. think so yeah I think so so Welcome to Setting the Tone. This is where we pick a bit of fluff from one of the books and talk about it. And our pick of the day is the Tannhauser setting. Uh, there isn't a tremendous amount here. won't be long for us to go over it. Uh, but there are some resources out on the internet, too, that we're going to discuss. Uh, so what we're looking at is page 159 of your core rulebook.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And the example setting, Tannhauser. It's a solid sample, example of a weird war setting. Um, it's rooted in reality, but, uh, departed radically from real world history instantaneously. Uh, so (laughs) it's, um, it immediately starts out talking about when we talk about weird, weird war two, we talk about Germans and it immediately (laughs) goes into the Germans. Yep. So in 1877, the German lodge called the triberium carium or the lodge of rot. Succeeded in resurrecting Heinrich Ruffel von Richtenberg, or the th- the 33rd Grandmaster of the Teutonic Knights, who had died in Königsberg. My German sucks. In 1477, <laughs> within months, von Richtenberg had united the dis- disparaging pros- provinces, duchies, and kingdoms that had been the Holy Roman Empire. That's mm-hmm. disparaging. Pro- yeah, sorry. What did I say? <laughs> disparaging. disparaging.
0: <laughs> well, they're probably disparaging, too. I mean, yes. maybe. Sure. After that.
2: <laughs> sorry Into a united to... German empire, or Reich, and then called himself the Kaiser. Right. Named himself after a roll. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 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 because
1: he's I
0: mean, tasty. Yeah, of course. <laughs>
2: So for the next 30 years, he consolidated power, prepared his new Reich for war, poured money, resources, and manpower into occult research and technological yeah. research so, as well.
0: So in this setting, you don't have Hitler. You have no. you have von Richtenberg,
3: mm-hmm.
2: the Kaiser. Von Richtenberg. Richtenberg. <laughs> I can't even say it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, while
1: that was happening, you know, there's... The world wasn't just, you know, pretending uh, everything was a hunky dory. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, in Russia, the October Revolution never happened. No. what? The Romanovs, yeah, the Romanovs stayed in power. They advised the undying Rasputin, and nice. uh, he, yep, working hand in hand with the Orthodox Church, uh, he and the church uh, worked. Uh, you know, the the Russian government slowly evolved into a powerful theocracy mm-hmm. called the Directorate. So, uh, like the, like the Kaiser though, Rasputin seeked to harness so-called power to conquer uh, the whole world, and he also is uh, using uh, lots of money to uh, improve, you know, uh, his forces by arcane and technological technological means. Uh, he works to resurrect the Slavic gods and enslave enslave them to steal their power. Making Very himself nice. into a god. Cool. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>
3: well,
2: I'll then, take the next one. Go for it. Okay. And yet in far off Japan, uh, the end of the 19th century saw Emperor Meiji attempt to overthrow the shogun in an effort to wipe out the samurai. Uh, this failed spectacularly, <laughs> uh, and the ruling class revolted against him. Civil war raged for decades and uh, Meiji finally brought an end to the war and saw his country become an arcane and technological powerhouse with samurai soldiers still in power yes. and shogun so badass yes. That's sweet <laughs> and they call it the sh-
0: shogunate shogunate, shogunate. shogunate. That's so, you is.
1: Could, so you could have s- cyber samurai uh, you know, samurai mm-hmm. samurai power armor sweet <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, while all of this was
1: happening, so
0: you have the Reich in Europe there, you have the Russian matriarchy, and then the Japanese shogunate, the Western <laughs> powers, led by the... So the United States and the British Empire basically became what was what's called the Union. And mm-hmm. they um, started tooling up their war while diplomats and spies were kind of working on figuring what the hell's going on in Europe and Asia. Um... But the Tungusta event that happened in remote Siberia, I'm pretty sure that was a Tesla thing, right? Mm. I think, yeah.
2: In the, reality it, or in this? In reality,
0: I think the Tungusta event was like a Tesla thing, wasn't it? No, it was, it was, was a,
2: a meteor that exploded oh, a, oh, in the atmosphere. Oh, it was a
0: meteor. Oh, okay. Well, that too. Um, so then basically <laughs> the, um, the world was pretty much kind of erupted in violence right after that. They called the Great War. So, um, so now, please. one thing
2: that go ahead. One thing that it uh, didn't say in that paragraph, but it covers, is that at some point, Roswell happened mm-hmm. in yes. 1947,
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, and the, the
2: Union is able to start uh, retro-engineering alien technology. Yep.
0: So they have like all those advanced weapons and such, and they've been, and since then. Consortiums, it's like the second to the last paragraph there in another column. Um, the lab military labs and consortiums have been scrambling to to develop these weapons to fight the Reich, the Shogunate, and the um, and Russia. But something interesting happened in Russia. Who wants to take this one? I can take it if you'd like. Russia, go, ahead. go ahead. So, project um, Zvargog, Zvarog, the but Russian. Vara. Um, so, with Nikola Tesla, ended up summoning a Slavic god. Put put her in some armor of a warrior nun and named her Zorka. <laughs> put her in charge of the Russian military. Okay, that's fucking cool. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? What the hell? Um, Yeah, and then um, what happened in the Shogunate after that?
2: Well, they just... Invaded China as they've always wanted to do. Um, (laughs) So, the elder, under the leadership of the elderly emperor and the mysterious shogun Hatamoto Omokaze, uh, (laughs) seized much of the mainland China and portions of Russia, not to be left behind in the field of occult. Japan seems to have summoned Oni and the demon general Itami. Holy shit. You got all these freaking demons in their army (laughs) (laughs) now.
0: Yes! (laughs) (laughs) That's sweet. And then um, pretty much about, so basically this last paragraph here kind of gives us uh, an idea of what the world is like now in it. Like 40 years after the hostilities began, everybody kind of was like, well, let's just kind of take a step back.
1: Right, Stefan? Or whomever, well, it's uh, yeah. yeah, the war continues to grind on between the great powers. There seems to be, though, a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, although there's no actual peace accord or uh, no ceasefire, powers are exhausted, they're desperate, they've been fighting a long time. Soldier, short are of soldiers, yeah, yeah, exact yep. materials, and but and the will to continue as well. At one point, it's like, uh, mm-hmm. don't want to fight anymore. But some, some of the high mucky mucks, of course, they they still want to fight, but they're trying to right. buy their time. So, yeah, there's treaties between the Union, the Matriarchy, the Reich, and the Shogunate. Um, so, they've got some powerful blocks. And uh, so, you you could have a bit of a period of a Cold War kind of thing yeah. happening. Totally. Uh, and then each belligerent faction you know, grows increasingly reckless as they try to find ways to, to achieve victory. And there seems to be, they say, some great cataclysm seems to loom over the world as increasingly powerful weapons uh, are introduced in an effort to end the conflict once and for all. So who's going to, you know, get the A-bomb, basically? Or right. the, the hell bomb.
3: Right, blow
0: the world up eight times over. That's right? it. When only one will do.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so this sets up quite the um, quite the setting. <laughs> Fantastical, mm-hmm. weird war setting, huh?
2: Tons that's of conflict, awesome. tons of war, every angle of uh, the world's history can be incorporated here. Absolutely. Um,
1: well, that's it. Even page 160, you have an illustration above the, the paragraphs we just read, which kind of evokes the same thing. You have the soldiers, they may be Union soldiers, equipped with backpacks and armor with big guns, facing off against this monstrosity of uh, of a corpse that's been bloated, you know, out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Dude, he's uh, got
0: that. He's got that head in yeah. his fingertips, like he's gonna squeeze it like a grape.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, be these big metal clamps uh, of of hands, uh, a helmet that you know looks like some kind of deep dive, and all kinds mm-hmm. of hoses and big tubes on his back, and some kind of weapon as well—a three cannon weapon on his back, uh, <laughs> yeah, facing off against a of so.
0: Shoulder cannon there, and that other. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And maybe in the background, some kind of walker. I'm not sure. <laughs> nice. That's
0: cool. Yeah, that's a yeah. neat picture.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's the a
0: dude on a jetpack up there. Oh, that's cool. Yep. I didn't there notice that before. Flying. So, yeah,
1: jetpack. Why not?
2: Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You can incorporate lots of things into this setting uh, from all over the world, and yeah. uh, there, if there's elements that is missed in their lore here, there's a little bit more online. There's a lot mm-hmm. more that players of the games have filled in. Uh, there's also a, there was actually a Tannhauser novel uh, that was written. It's still available out there uh, in places. You can find it um, in a PDF or PDF reader formats like Kindle. It's mm-hmm. called uh, Tannhauser Rising Sun Falling Shadows. And it was by uh, the author Robert Jeschenek, Jeschenek. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard of him, but
1: uh, not him. That's um,
2: him. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, he had. He's award-winning, but I've got it brought up here on Amazon. It's a paperback available, used for five bucks. So, oh, and then the cool. Kindle for six ninety-nine. So, if you're interested in getting more lore for your tan, if you want to run a Tanhauser game, I recommend getting that.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Rock on. One thought I just had, you know, with that setting, you, you could totally introduce. Remember, uh, Elements like super soldiers, like a Captain America in that time. You remember, like the Captain America movie, mm-hmm. was yeah. during World War One. Have a few super soldiers that are like that you know, on the good guy side, maybe. There you go. Yep. A and role players are are heroes. Maybe not the Superman level heroes, but right. still, you know, definitely a little stronger, a little faster, a little you yeah. better. And, you can, and yeah. you can
0: use the superheroes rules in the tone section, right? Where you yeah. if you roll a if you roll a triumph, you roll again, right? You re-roll
3: mm-hmm. it.
1: Kind of exploding adding, Triumph kind exploding. of uh, yeah. idea. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty, still pretty cool. So they can have some of those extra tech items, as uh, some of their gear. <laughs> Weird science. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Imagine a, a World War II type of Iron Man there. <laughs> hmm
0: What I'd want to run, the campaign, I think I've told you guys this before, the campaign that I want to run is the campaign that leads up to that Day After Ragnarok. Where the oh, uh, yeah. Nazis raised the Midgard Serpent, but actually have the players start off, oh yeah, you're in the war, and blah blah blah, and, and introduce the Cthulhu stuff, and of course they're going to fail, because, you know, mm. it's Cthulhu. Everybody fails oh, and dies in exactly. Cthulhu.
1: Exactly. You know. Set
0: that right on session zero. <laughs> Decide now how his character going to die. <laughs> yeah. All
3: right. Yeah, oh, you could totally. Insane.
2: You could totally introduce uh, the Cthulhu esque horror elements mm-hmm. easily oh, yeah. into this setting. Yeah. I mean, any one of those ancient gods raised by the matriarchy, or uh, one of the any of the demons mm-hmm. brought into the world by the shogunate mm. or or even aliens that have come from space. Oh, yeah. uh, and crashed in the Union territories and are being manipulated. You could. There's a lot of Cthulhu-esque stuff you could throw into something like this and yeah. turn it into uh, kind of a Delta Green type.
3: Oh, there you uh, go.
2: Game.
1: Cool. Which That's reminds awesome. me, I received today as an email the bundle of holding, which is all about Cthulhu, Clockwork, and Cthulhu bundle. Nice. If you're subscribed to that, you could don't totally use that to uh, for a weird war setting. Nice. They seem to have a couple of settings. One is Clockwork Chivalry, so, you know, Weird War's King Arthur. <laughs> nice.
0: Oh, there you go. Nice.
1: Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Morgan Le Fay is in league with Nyarlathep, or uh, Cthulhu. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> That's a bummer. <laughs> that would be a bummer. And the Excalibur is some kind of super weapon that can destroy Cthulhu instead of just being a sword.
2: <laughs> nice. nice nice all right so well we've got what another section coming up here we want to mm-hmm. get into advantageous threats where we've got some themed weird wars yes uh, dice rolls are our, our favorite segment
1: Welcome to our favorite part of the show, advantageous threats, where we build, roll, and adjudicate simple, sample skill checks for, uh, for the fun of it, mm-hmm. and we try to trip each other up, and give at least examples of how to interpret the, uh, the dice results as well, whether they're good or bad. So we'll start off today again with Tony.
2: Okay. My character, Professor Utah Jax, an American archaeologist from Brigham Young University, has been hired by the Union to head into the African Congo to seek the heart of the sky, a gemstone that is rumored to have the ability to control the weather, which would come in handy in the war. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, while entering a local fishing village to trying to proc- procure a boat to go downstream, he's run across oh, a couple of Reich occult commandos. Oh no. And is now squared off with them, with the villagers looking on, as he pulls out his trusty razor whip.
1: Nice. <laughs> yes, <laughs> apparently negotiations didn't go so well. So,
2: <laughs> So yeah. Utah so Jacks. <laughs> nice. So, I'm going to. He's going to be at short range from them. Got However, it.
0: so this is round one. So, this is round two of the social encounter. Social encounter, that right? is. <laughs> <laughs> round one of
2: the social encounter. Round zero <laughs> was. <the social.
0: laughs> That's right. Round zero was a social encounter. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. So, down. <laughs> um, he is. Uh, because they are occult commandos, they have adversary one. Mm-hmm. So, you're looking at um, his melee, which is. Uh, three yellow versus a one purple one red pool, and it is his trusty razor whip, which he has slightly customized, so it's superior in quality. Ooh, there Therefore, go. it will automatically add one advantage, uh, which I will just keep uh, dialed onto a boost die and set aside here. Oh, nice. So well,
0: I'm pretty sure one of these guys have flipped over a table and has some cover.
2: What do you think? Okay.
0: Because you're fighting these commandos, man. They're not going to... No, they're not dumb. They're not dumb. They're pulling out their... So are these commandos, are these supernatural commandos?
2: Well, you tell me what kind of commandos they are. They're Reich Occult Commandos.
0: Yeah, Occult Commandos. Well, maybe if we do another advantageous threat. So one of these guys will turn into a werewolf.
1: <laughs> right? Well, they're in they're in <laughs> Africa, so maybe like a <laughs> were jaguar or were lion. There you go. Sure. <laughs> Perfect.
2: Okay, but so no, how many uh, setback dice for the cover? One or two?
0: I think I think just the one. I mean, yeah. Just little a bit of, they they got a little bit of cover behind it. It's Sounds not like good. heavy cover or anything.
2: Well, since Sounds I don't have good. to advance to use my razor whip, that I can use it at short range. I'm just gonna go ahead and spend my maneuver to aim.
0: Woohoo! Rock on, dude. There you go.
2: go so, ahead. um, yeah, I think I'm just gonna roll it as is. I'm not gonna spend a story point. How about Sounds you guys?
0: Good. I'm okay with uh, it. I'm okay with. Yeah. I'm okay with letting it go. Yeah, you've got moved. one red in there that you'll roll a despair. I mean, you might roll a despair. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> go for it. What you got, Stefan?
3: Um, not
1: not a story point, but. Uh... They sort of threw some uh, some dirt in your direction, dirt, or maybe a drink in your eyes, or uh, that, that you put your, giving you a setback.
3: <sighs> <Go>
1: ahead, man.
2: <laughs> River water in my eyes. Got it. Yeah, okay. yeah,
1: you
0: forgot to put your goggles down. So <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. on top of That's
2: your head. all right. You know. <laughs> all right, here we go.
1: Did a dirty trick.
2: All right. Well, first of all, first thing I see is a triumph. Oh, uh oh. Uh-oh. All right. So the boost die had interesting. The boost die had one of each on it, and both setback dice had one of each on them. So the boost and setback dice cancel each other out. Uh, nice. Leaving me with one success, two advantage, and a triumph.
1: Ooh, awesome.
2: So. With my one success, I am. Uh, I I'm, I'm going to end up doing a grand total of four damage. Not a whole heck of a lot. Pierce three though, so it'll get through their, their uh, some of their soak yeah, and actually soap. do two wounds to one of them. However, um, I'm going to go ahead and ensnare that one. And nice. I'd like to spend my triumph to be able to do a quick draw of my pistol and be able to fire off a shot
0: uh, right
2: away at the other one.
0: There you go. So maybe I like it. I like it. That's cool. That's a good way to spend it, spend a triumph. Nice.
2: And the pistol, nice. which is maybe out outfitted with some silver bullets, maybe do a little bit more damage. Yeah, yeah.
1: Awesome. you could do that. Another way. In... Interpreting, I had an idea like your triumph. You you partially ensnare the other occult as well, dealing some damage to him as well.
2: Oh, Could okay. <laughs> have ensnared them both,
3: yeah,
1: yeah. Ooh. Mm. since it's your but custom
0: it whip, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to, hey, you don't want to like throw it up into the ceiling fan or anything to hang nope. him since it's your own personal one, right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, a little bit of Indiana Jones-style action. I, of course, I, I like just, it. Uh... <laughs> I like All right. It. Who's next?
1: All right,
0: Chris. Hey, you want, oh, you want me to go? Okay. Oh, yeah. Let's go, Chris. So, if everybody remembers mm-hmm. Private James Whitefall from Sword Beach on D-Day a few months ago, um, <laughs> he needs to make a fear check <laughs> because he actually saw one of these... Arcane scientists go rise, my minions. Uh-huh. After he smoked a freaking group of them with the goddamn bazooka, remember his bazooka that he shot at that machine uh-huh. gun nest. He's made his way in. He's he's survived the Normandy invasion. Um, so I'm so his discipline. You know, he's he's got a, He's got a rank in discipline, and he's got a two willpower. Um, not sure I. On here, maybe it's a hard fear check um, for it for this fear check on him. Just seeing minions rising, he hasn't seen, yeah, just no, I, I like it. Yep, yeah, okay. Now, I do so. I want to ask for a boost die or two because <laughs> <laughs> he survived <laughs> the minion, the, the Normandy invasion, so he's got a bit of you know, you know, a little more discipline there.
1: He seems well, yeah, shit. he may be. But he I, hasn't seen this. I, I, I Yeah, no, I'd agree that, you know, I only saw Saving Private Ryan a little while ago, mm-hmm. and that would be very horrific, you know, yeah. just that landing on the beach. Okay. Uh, so if he survive that, yeah, you could have at least some surge of adrenaline coming up. Okay. Uh, that might help him. I'd give him two boost dice. Two boost dice for that? Sweet. Yeah. Because right. I like you. Thank you, Stefan. <laughs>
0: and we like Private Whitfall.
1: White yes of course all
0: right what do you think there um tony
2: uh you're rolling a fear check yeah and uh <laughs> i'm sorry but to seeing that i'm gonna apply his adversary ranks
0: which was two right <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. all right mm-hmm. <laughs> um well you know i think this is the point where um I would need to spend a story point <laughs> and go. You know, this is this is the private's first time seeing anything kind of supernatural-ish. So um let's hope he survives this. So I have two yellows, two blues, two reds, and a purple. Nice. Sound good? Alright, here we go. Let's see. Um well let's mm-hmm. say.
1: No. And before you announce, yeah, just before you announce okay. the results, yeah, I did bring up the PDF of the expanded fear guidelines just to give us an idea if you know this can help.
0: <laughs> um, we'll see, because first off, my set, my story point didn't help at all. Um, mm-hmm. My one of those boosts, so Normandy landing helped a little bit, mm-hmm. but one came up blank. Um, I'm oh. left with one failure and one threat. Oh, okay. So did not get a despair, so he's not like. Running away, pissing his pants, but he might be turning around and going, "What the fuck? Where's everybody else?"
1: Oh, that's it. So, <clears throat> some suggestions, you know, on yeah. this table I'm looking at. Maybe like he I... get, gets an aversion. He adds a setback to all checks involving the source of that fear.
0: Oh, forever, kind of. Uh, until just...
1: until the end of the encounter. They say for oh, one threat. Shit.
0: So if I want to, okay, that's cool. I like that. That's cool. That's cool. That would be
1: one suggestion. Despair's could be maybe more. More permanent or the long term. Yep, yep. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, so he's shaking some his boots. Yep. So oh. never he's facing against other occult scientists or scientists. Like, oh no, what
3: one oh, of these guys?
0: Not one of these guys again. <laughs> That's yep. awesome. That'll make for an interesting campaign if he that survives. Could. Yep. Sweet. How about you, Tony? Anything to add? Nope. I'm good. You're good.
1: All right. <laughs> All right, Stefan, who do you have? All right. I've got Mrs. Miranda Lloyd Reynolds. She works as a lab assistant in the Parnassus Research Facility somewhere in North Dakota. She's working for the Union. Okay. Uh, she, the team she's part of, is working on a new weapon to fight the Reich Wehrwolf Corp. <laughs> awesome. But a spy has infiltrated the labs as a janitor and set a toxic gas bomb, and she caught him in the act. And she has to uh, kick his butt before he sets it. <laughs> now, awesome. since all since all the male soldiers are off fighting the war, the American government has trained these some of these women to protect, let's say, uh, certain facilities because sometimes women are mm-hmm. under uh, uh, underestimated. So she's kind of a black widow kind of agent. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha.
1: So they've been fighting for a couple of rounds, so now she needs to finish them off, hopefully. You know, they've taken a few bumps and bruises, so she's going to try and take them out one more time. And i kind of inspired by the Ready Fight, as well, uh, oh, cool. <laughs> book. <laughs> so she, like I said, she's a karate expert, so she's got four yellow and one green. What? Holy crap. That's, yeah. that's like black belt, said, like
0: yeah, she's got yeah, level like I said, Black belt
1: or something. Well, that's it. well, she's like I said, she's inspired by the Black Widow, so she's part nice. of the division called the Rosie the Riveter division.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> that's good.
1: All right. So, like I said, she's got her brawl for yellow mm-hmm. and a per- and a green because she's got the crafty veteran talent, which she can switch her brawl uh, her brawn uh, to cunning instead. Oh, that makes a lot of sense she, now. That's gotcha. why. She's not physically a powerhouse. She's only like, you know, five foot two. Right. Sweet. And this guy is towering over her. Nice. Uh, so she's, she's also got, she's used to dealing with bigger adversaries. So she's got Giant Slayer 2, which allows her to take two stream to automatically get two successes. Very nice. That's cool. Which I'll use a green dice to represent two successes already. Okay. But like Tony did with his boost die for the advantage, nice. So, of course, you know, like I said, uh, so that's his that's my basic pool, like I said, okay. four yellow, one green. Difficulty yep. usually two purple, but he's adversary one, yep. So and you said she's about bad. five
0: two, yeah. All right, so I'm going to pull out the um the rules in ready fight here. You said he towers over here?
1: yeah, he's pretty big, so okay. he qualifies for being a giant.
0: So okay. She gets her her talent there. Nice, but he has reach on her, so you're gonna have three, and it's gonna be a reach of like he's like six two, so you're gonna get you're gonna have like three setback dice. All right. <clears throat> so on this. Yeah, we're gonna make dice. it a little, difficult.
1: a little difficult. No, no, no problem. No problem. Mm-hmm. Now. But, uh, of course, being Stefan. Uh, <laughs> uh, Maybe she gets a boost die because, you know, during this fight, she's spread some of the soapy liquid on the floor and he's slippery on it, making him unstable.
2: Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. However...
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah?
2: Um, <laughs> I know something about this guy that you don't know. So go ah. ahead and flip a story point. Upgrade no, awesome. a third die.
3: <laughs> All
1: right. So, well, actually, the... Second, the purple dice will be upgraded to a red die. Yep. Two reds for the difficulty. Three blacks for the setback. So I'm
0: trying to boots. guess. I'm trying to think. Trying to look. I'm looking at Tony here <laughs> thinking, what does he know? Do I know yeah. it too? I don't ah, know. I'm to guess see
1: what it is. So. Uh, uh, she would also flip a story point to get another yellow. Uh, so she's trying to defend her country. You know. Right. And four yellows isn't enough. No, no. (laughs) He can
0: only use more. Dude,
1: that sounds like a lot of dice. It's a a big handful. Of course, I've got small hands. (laughs) All right, we've flipped all the story points. Uh, You guys good?
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Let's do it. All right, so so no despairs, but two threats on those. Uh, All the setback dice came up blank. What? (laughs) But but so did the boost dice. Cheating bastard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not, not even have to cheating.
0: Oh. Um, so really, what, what you're cool. saying is, so what you're saying is size doesn't matter, right? Apparently right not.
1: <laughs> Apparently not when it comes to her. And she, so she's got so those two threats are mm-hmm. negated by two of her advantages, leaving her with one advantage, and basically one, two, three, four, five, six successes.
2: What crikey!
1: Yep. Yeah, so she manages to keep him a bit off balance, does a nasty, you know, twirl, puts her foot on, uh, on a stool, spins it around, whack, 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 a couple of times, and he <laughs> flops down into his bucket of water.
2: <laughs> nice. He flops down on his back. Right. <laughs> and when he does, he to threat all of a sudden, something goes, bah!
3: Uh, okay.
2: <laughs> it starts bursting out of his shirt. <laughs> Some sort well, of that, little creature is bursting out of his chest.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. that w- that that could happen if my advantages didn't cancel out the threats. But ah, let's say, if,
3: damn it, but yeah, let's say, if, him. Him. let's say for argument's sake, I
1: hadn't, but if I hadn't rolled any advantages, that could be awesome. Uh, so Tony, I had to
2: tell people what I. If, you, what I know that you didn't know and I That's was gonna it. I was having him gonna have an alien chest buster in it hey, That's
0: awesome but <laughs> I, what I thought was when he took him down to like zero wounds or strain or whatever, Whatever, he'd, yeah. where, he'd wolf out, baby. I,
2: that I, could be
1: it, too. It's like, whoops.
3: I,
2: <laughs> I tried could... to be predictable, but flip it on its head. You did There it. you go. <laughs>
1: awesome. Well, yeah, instead <laughs> of a werewolf, he just becomes a nasty alien kind of creature. Yes. <laughs> it could have been a to- totally good use of a, of a despair if it had come up.
2: Right. It didn't, So, but I still had to say what I was hiding.
1: Well, exactly. Yeah, that was great. That's where, the, because it's just a uh, advantageous threat, so it's just. That's right. Cool. Cool. So, yes, that All was right. awesome.
0: Well, wow. Well, that was fun, guys. Are we ready yep. to um, go watch the uh, Star Wars trailer now? And <laughs> yeah. end the show?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, this is a fun, campy show, but that's what it, Weird Wars are. They're fun and they're campy.
0: They're campy. Yep. That's right. All right. All right, well, that's our show for tonight. Um, I'd like to give a shout-out to the Religiously Odd Spots blog from Conrad Erasmus Newbert. I think I hopefully I pronounced your name right. I believe so. Yeah, good. Um, He's a Lutheran minister that shares tidbits on pop culture and whatnot, and his couple latest blogs are pretty sweet. Um, one is about getting the, getting the game together, how to kind of go about that, because you know everybody has busy schedules and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But the other mm-hmm. one is is using Paylor's name in vain, yeah, or not. <laughs> that's a that's pretty cool. That's a neat little twist on it. And you know this guy, he's not he's not afraid to throw a couple f bombs out there. So
1: pretty cool. No, no. He's a very cool, cool, uh, father, father Conrad is a very nice guy He lives in Germany. Yep, Yeah. okay. <laughs> so talking a lot about Germany in this episode.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, very cool
1: guy. So when I, when I heard that he had his blog, it's like I suggested to Jamie's like, could we add him to the NI network officially? Like, mm-hmm. And he jumped at the chance. Why not? He's cool. He seems to be a nice guy.
3: So. Cool. Cool. All so right. So
2: welcome to the network, Conrad, and folks, if yes. you're, uh. If you're listening to this show and and uh, you you uh, you uh, need to uh, to seek uh, um, a higher power afterwards, you um, might help you.
1: cleanse your yeah, <laughs> cleanse yourself, cleanse your your aura or your your spirits.
2: Perhaps you should go visit uh, religiously odd spots. There you go.
1: Yep. Get, get your, bla- your dice blast as well, maybe.
2: <laughs> Ooh, there <laughs> With a there we double go. dose of blasphemy from Tony. That's right. <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> I got your blasphemy
0: right here.
2: <laughs> uh, no, what you got,
3: Stefan?
1: Uh, you know, on my end, just a few reminders. Um, we're trying to get some more steam going on Nifcon. Only a few games, unfortunately, uh, set up. Uh, it's November 8th to the 11th. Only a few games, but go there at. Uh, we'll put the links in the show notes. But uh, PearsonJamie.WixSite.com/NivCon.
2: Yeah. If you don't join, run a game. If yeah. you don't join, play a game. This could yeah. be our last NivCon.
1: Unfortunately, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe it's the timing, but yeah, it seems to be a lot of effort and
2: right.
1: not as many people
2: are so running games. it off. If you've been putting it off, going, ah, I'll get to it eventually. Dude, there's there's lots of opportunity here to enjoy yourselves, folks. Come on on. Yeah, yeah. How That's many it. how many
0: more spots do you have in your game there, um, Tony? Uh, one or two. There we go. Yeah, I can't wait to play in that. Mm-hmm. And I can't I'm wait the to learn. Tennis. Yeah, I can't wait to learn Legion on Tabletop <laughs> Simulator. <laughs> there we so go. So that every time now I walk past, I go into Fantasy Flight Games. I'll look at the wall and
1: go, "Wow, ah,
3: fuck you, Jamie! <laughs> no, I can't I, get there."
1: I thought about you the other day when uh, FFG said they had a sale on the Legion corsets. (laughs) Uh
3: (laughs) Uh-oh. Didn't know they were selling corsets.
0: Yeah, now they're like, oh no, there goes Chris's paycheck. (laughs) I don't wear corsets. Now I'll play a corset of Legion. That's what I meant, corset. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That would be one hell of a corset. Well, hey, now. I've I've (laughs) lost a little bit of weight, actually. Oh, That's good. Well, you probably so, gained some of it with that pie. <laughs> yeah, kind
0: of did, I think.
2: If you have any pie recipes you'd like to, Chris to try, or if you would <laughs> like to uh, just reach out to us, maybe you want to send unsolicited meat picks to Stefan. Right. Uh, reach or out to us if,
0: or if you've, or if you've hit a deer and want to mail me the meat. Still trying to get Tony to send me the meat from the deers that he's hit.
2: Everyone I hit gets up and runs away. Um, so anyhow, you're not doing it right no. <laughs> email us at findingthenarrativepodcast@gmail.com. <laughs> you can get a hold of Stefan and I over at Finding the Narrative on Facebook, Nerds International Finding the Narrative on MeWe Twitter is at FTN underscore Genesis and uh, yeah you could just listen to us Podbean, yeah. iTunes, YouTube, Google Play uh, put a review up if you want to uh, anywhere of mm-hmm. those places would be nice um, but yeah that's pretty much it great show guys yeah thank you
0: you
1: that was fun a lot of fun
0: as
2: always Yep. well this is tony saying keep rolling them bones
1: and this is stefan saying don't forget to ask for the boost (laughs) dies
2: and then this is chris
0: uh remember to remember the rule of cool your razor whip and to just have fun (laughs) there we go Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast, is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned in this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. Copyright 2019, all rights reserved.